0: Welcome to episode 33 of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we're going to be talking with the CEO and founder of Click Apporte, Arjeet Grewal. Why don't we start by you just introducing yourself, telling us a little
1: bit about your background, where you're from, how long have you been in Morocco? Certainly.
2: Um, so my name is Arjeet. I've been in Morocco now a little bit over eight years. I grew up in Tanzania, sort of east coast of, uh, of Africa. I um, studied there, finished high school there, and then uh, went to the States uh, for a little while in Boston and then in Arkansas. Uh, so I graduated uh, with my bachelor's from the US. I worked for a while back in Tanzania. Uh, and then I did my MBA in Switzerland. And following that, um, I started working for a, for a global multinational in the tobacco industry. And that's actually what brought me to, to Morocco eight years ago in 2011. Uh, I left uh, that company in 2016 basically because I wanted to start uh, my own businesses. And um, that's really the genesis of, uh, of, of how I got here and, uh, and what I'm doing today. Clickerport is really essentially a, a platform that allows you to purchase from international websites and pay in local currency, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and, and the whole idea behind it is essentially to allow you, number one, to pay in local currency, number two, to make sure that you're getting a genuine product. Uh, and we also take care in a f- as frictionless manner as possible, all the logistics. So you don't have to go to the customs office to clear or to pay. We take care of everything, we deliver it to your doorstep.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, so it's an A to Z service, uh, integrating a multitude of, uh, of international e-commerce sites. Yeah.
1: Great. Good enough. So originally you were sent here as an expat Great. through your multinational, but you wanted to go out on your own. You'd lived in East Africa, Europe, the States. Why did you choose to stay in Morocco? Well, there was a whole host of reasons. You know,
2: I'd moved around a lot. You know, when you work for a multinationals expat, they tend to move you on a regular basis. Um, I had uh, two daughters and, uh, you know, we'd we lived here at the time I'd made my decision to, to leave the company. They'd, they'd been here over five, almost six years.
1: Okay.
2: So this was all they really knew. Um, from my point of view, I'd, I'd sort of gotten tired of having to say goodbye to friends uh, every couple of years. And I didn't want my children to have that experience, to have to say goodbye to, to, you know, to their friends and, uh, and people they've grown very close to. In addition to that, the reason I chose Morocco as opposed to, to somewhere else was simply the feeling I have of, of being here. You know, I've always felt very welcomed. Uh, people have been very hospitable, very friendly. Uh, people take the time uh, to show me around, to introduce me to things, uh, to make sure that I'm actually comfortable and happy living in their country. Uh, so I really appreciated the warmth and the uh, the generosity of the people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather,
1: yeah. clearly,
2: it's yeah. uh, it's it's beautiful. It's sunny, uh, and finally, really, it's the human touch more than anything. I think,
1: right.
2: you know, it, yeah. in some parts of the world, everything is online, everything is done uh, with computers or pro, you know policies or procedures or processes. Over here, you still have the human element, mm-hmm. uh, and that's very important.
1: So it's a it's a wonderful place to live. You were at home here. You were settled. Absolutely. But going from being an employee at a multinational to an entrepreneur, were there any concerns you had about the business climate in Morocco?
0: Look,
2: I think when you make a decision to start a business in any country, you know you have to weigh up a whole range of 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 issues or of things. So it's not only a question of you know the the market size, the consumers. It's also, what can you add, what problems can you solve that will add value? Uh, that's, that's really the first thing that I tend to, to think about. The second thing, obviously, you have to accept the whole package that comes with it, be it regulatory, the legal framework, uh, the infrastructure that is in place, transport links, language restrictions. So you, know, you have to make the assessment in a holistic way and say, you know, number one, can I compete in this environment? Number two, is it an environment that, was, that is conducive? To business um, and on a whole
1: the answer for me was yes yeah so when it comes to, to starting click Apporté, what were some of the thoughts you had going through that process related to this industry
0: okay
2: the, the idea i think is not you know i'm not the first person in the world to have come up with uh, with this platform in fact there there are companies in in other countries who were doing something similar you know some often to a lesser extent you know people would provide a, a shipping address in another country, you'll, you'll have your products delivered there and then they'll just, they will forward it to you. Um, but what I found really was that there was, a, there was a number of issues that I saw as opportunities, okay? Uh, one of those, of course, was, was the fact that, you know, a lot of these online platforms weren't delivering to Morocco. So already that's your first, uh, first in. You can fulfill a need by providing logistics, last mile delivery, of products that people buy from international websites. The second was payment. You know, everybody has a limited amount of foreign currency allocated to them f- to use every year, and people tend to be careful with that because they want to use it either to travel or, or to pay, you know, expenses that they need to pay. So this is a restriction that's placed on individuals, but as a, as a company, I have the right, as long as I'm, I'm declaring the products with the invoice, I'm paying the import duties and the VAT, I have the right to pay my international suppliers. So I thought, you know, if I could do that, and fulfill the logistics aspect of it, we have a business. Yeah. Okay. So that was really the the seed of the idea, and then it grew from there.
1: Yeah. And what led up to you wanting to start this application, to start this business? Was it a personal experience you had ordering from an international website? Essentially, you know,
2: I had very often had whenever I was, whenever I was traveling, had people saying, "Look, please, can you get me this book? Or can you get me something from this country?" And I thought, you know, this there's a need here.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I said to myself, if I can do that and provide that service to people in a manner that's easy, uh, frictionless as, as far as possible, uh, with minimum hassle, there's something I can, I can actually achieve Then And I, I didn't have any background in e-commerce. you know, I knew nothing about it. So it was also a very good opportunity for me to learn. Wow. Something entirely different uh, from what I was doing in the past, which was you know, fast-moving consumer goods, in a company that was very well established, with very well known brands, great processes, good people. And you know, I wanted to be, to be able to go from that and say, can I build and create something on my own mm-hmm. from zero? Yeah. You know? So that was really what pushed me to do it in the beginning.
1: Wow, that's, that's great. I love that entrepreneurial spirit to say, this is a, an area, this is an industry I don't have experience mm-hmm. in, but I want to give it a shot. I want to mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. and keep challenging myself. Just try.
0: In terms of starting the company, do you have any partners? How did you go about financing the start of the company?
2: So the company is entirely self-financed. So I, I have I've done this all for my savings. I uh, have not got any partners in this business. No.
0: So you own 100%? Correct. So it'll last as long as you can fund it. <laughs> do do you see... Uh, a date in the future where you'll be cash flow <clears throat> positive—is that the situation today?
2: That's the intention. I do see a day when I will be uh, cash flow positive. Now, it's not to say I'm not looking for investment. Clearly, you know, at some point, any startup that wants to scale needs sufficient financing to actually achieve that scale. Uh, be it, you know, for investment in, in, in communication, in marketing, in technology, in people, in processes. All of this takes money, uh, and all of this takes bodies who are actually going to be solving the problems that that arise with any business. So, to answer the question I think there's implicit in there is yes, I will be looking to raise money at some point, clearly, Um, but I didn't want to do that until I had a product uh, that was ready, that worked, and that I could prove was actually able to deliver.
0: Can you talk a little bit about your supply chain? about your operations and in Europe, and, and yes. if I order something on the Click Apporte app, can you walk me through that process? Sure.
2: So when you place an order, <coughs> what happens is you will have found a product that interests you on one of the sites that we're going to be, you know, that, that's, that are integrated, or going to be integrated into our, into our platform. Can
1: you list some of those sites? For the
2: moment, we're currently just working with, uh, with Amazon. Mm-hmm. But we are going to be integrating additional sites in the very, very near future, and I think we're, we're, we're planning to have one site every month to six weeks once we actually, once we actually stabilize the, the application and make sure that it's working properly. Okay. We're going to be introducing a new site every six weeks. That's, that's really our, our, our goal. What
1: are some of the other sites you're, you're hoping for targeting? Not not at the moment. Okay.
2: Until I have something. uh, So Amazon. For now. For now. For now. Yes, but we are we are actually in negotiations with several other platforms to introduce them onto the site.
1: Great.
2: So the process to come back to your question, the process is very simple. You will you you have chosen a product on the site. You'll see the price. You will add it to your basket. You'll click checkout. At that point, I will take the price that was shown on the site, and I will add to that the international transportation, the insurance the customs clearance, um, my service uh, fees, which are clearly displayed in a very transparent manner on the site, the import duty and the VAT, okay? So all of those are clearly displayed there. If you make the the decision to purchase, you click pay, you can pay by credit card, you can pay by check, you can pay by bank transfer, and very soon, we're going to to be integrating uh, cash payments, meaning you can go to one of the, uh, like a cash plus oh, agencies or, or, you know, any of these cash collection points, make your payment there and they will notify us that your payment has been made. At that point, it counts as a validated order. We then programmatically place that order on the, pr- on the platform that you have purchased it from. That item is delivered to one of our logistics centers, so either in France or the US, where the receipt of the package is verified, the contents are verified, and then it's grouped and sent once a week to Morocco. So we do try and economize and reduce the cost of the transportation mm-hmm. by having a weekly shipment. Okay, so that gets grouped, shipped to Morocco, customs cleared here, and then we'll do the final, uh, the final step, which is the last mile delivery, either to your home or to one of the uh, pickup points uh, across the country. And that's as simple as that.
0: Do you have your own fleet of final-mile dr- drivers and delivery people here, or are you, you outsourcing that? We
2: outsource that for the moment. We work with Chronopost primarily, okay. so they actually do a very large part of our logistics. Okay? From, the, from the pickup in France uh, to the importation, the customs clearance, the labeling, and the last-mile delivery. All of that is currently handled by Chronopost. And
1: what about through the States?
2: Through the states, <clears throat> Look, um, initially we are going to be starting with Chronopost, but we do have other uh, logistics partners over there. So, for example, the the logistics center, which does the receiving, the package verification, is, uh, is is a separate is a separate company that's going to be doing that for us.
0: Can you talk a little bit about your customer acquisition process? What's your plan to? Encourage people to download the application and, and use Click Apporte to order things from overseas.
2: We're still in the early stages, so at the moment our main uh, customer acquisition channels tend to be uh, social media marketing, be it you know Facebook, Instagrams. Uh, we're going to be starting uh, Google AdWords fairly soon. Um, there is a large number of customers who actually come from referrals, so somebody who's tried the app who refers it to a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have also um, a Parinage system. Basically, you invite a friend, you get a percentage of their of their first order as a as a thank you. So, you know, these these are the principal channels that we're we're currently working on. Uh, is it enough? No, I think um, we still have a lot of work to do in terms of customer acquisition, not only in terms of the numbers of people we get on our platform, but also in the costs of acquisition. I think we are slightly on the high side at the moment. That does need to be brought down. But that's really a learning process in terms of making sure we're targeting our ads correctly, uh, that we're delivering the messages that are going to resonate with the consumers. You know? is, it, is it more the fact that they can pay in local currency? Is it the fact that they can, be, uh, they can have their deliveries from you know, whatever country they order from at their doorstep? So we're still fine-tuning the messages and, and sort of you know, the targeting of our, of our advertising. But it's a, it's a work in progress and one we're, uh, we're happy to do.
1: What have been some of the biggest challenges you've faced so far creating the application, partnering with Amazon, dealing with the Dwan, <laughs> all three? No, no honestly,
2: um, surprisingly, uh, the biggest challenge was the technology. I, I did not think it would be as complicated as it did turn out to be in the end. Um, so my number one challenge was technology. Um, my number two challenge was really understanding the regulatory landscape. You know, given the large number of different product categories, different product types that we allow people to purchase, we have to, we have to familiarize, familiarize ourselves with, you know, the different processes which relate to clothes, which relate to, to foodstuff, to makeup, you know, to, to something as simple as a kitchen knife. You know, every one of these items has a different customs clearance and approval process. A book, for example, will, will have to be approved by the Ministry of Communication. Uh, a knife will have to go to the Ciotti National or the Gendarme because you know, there are certain regulations which yeah. are perfectly the normal. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other aspect was really being able to block at the source any items that were prohibited. Right. So drones, for example, you can't import, yeah. but there are, you know, these toys, uh, children's uh, toys for sale on Amazon, which are essentially classified as drones. So being able to filter out those articles in advance before a customer actually acquires one of them yeah. was, was one of the big challenges that we had. So technology and really the learning process of the regulatory landscape, that was, that was the hardest part.
1: How long has this process taken? I mean, how many years have you been working <clears throat> on this? Almost two years now. Two years? Almost two years, yes. And where are things at? You know, this is September 2019. Where are things at right now. The app is available on both Android and on
2: Android iOS. and on iOS. Yeah. So we're 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 actually on our second version. So we pushed the first version, and then we realized that uh, it wasn't as fast, it wasn't as smooth and fluid as we wanted it to be, and we we pushed a further update a couple of days later. Um, so yes, it is available on both those platforms. Um, I would say that today I am satisfied that we have stabilized the logistics aspects of the business. Mm-hmm. So when you order, I am able to deliver it to you within two weeks. Wow. Right? Two generally, weeks. generally shorter. And I can tell you at the beginning, there were times it took us over a month yeah. to get the products in. Today, 10 days to two weeks, I can have your product delivered to your door from France. So I'm comfortable that we've managed to get that stabilized and functioning as I want it to function. Yeah. Once volume increase, I think we can bring that down even further. Yeah i 'm um, comfortable that the technology is also stable, uh, doing what I wanted to do uh, so I think we 're at the stage now where I can look at scaling as a next step and integrating additional platforms into the into the system. One of my biggest fears and one of the reasons i didn't you know i didn 't push for scale earlier on was i didn 't want to put a product out there that was subpar that wasn 't responding to to what people were looking for and that would just essentially ruin you know the, the reputation of the company so yeah. for yeah. me the number one thing is really the trust and, and, and dependability that people have on it so when they place an order I don't want them to worry you know I want them to say I made my order I can sleep soundly I know I'll get my product
0: Right. Exactly. when it comes to the development of the applications did you hire programmers locally did you outsource that work uh,
2: it's a combination of things actually so I have I have uh, Programmer here who's helping me uh, with a lot of the aspects of the development, and I have a team in India. Um, so, t- you know, th- there's, a, there's a multitude of things that had to be taken into account. One was the, 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 the programming languages, uh, the second was the actual languages, you know, be it French versus the English. So, obviously, you know, the, the team in India is, is not conversant in French, they, they would get lost. But I do, I do need that uh, development to be done and made relevant to the local market, so it has to be in French as well. Um, I think there's also uh, different technologies that were integrated what you know be you know JavaScript or PHP or whatever else that had to be brought together and made to work to, you know together in a seamless fashion. So it's it's mostly outsourced but with a dedicated team in the outsourced firm.
0: How did you find that team? Did you have a, an existing relationship or was it a referral? It was a referral.
2: It was a referral. Um, And, you know, I'd interviewed several companies when I was making the decision on who to hire for the development. I then interviewed them and I went through a process that was called wireframing, basically putting the concept together with each of them and looking at who gave me the best impression of having understood the concept and the most, I wouldn't say the cheapest, but the most robust approach to actually building that platform.
0: And you've been happy so far?
2: Mostly. Mostly. Mostly, yes.
0: Well, there's always challenges when you're doing something new. Yes, there is challenges, and
2: I think, uh, you know, if I, if I told you that I was 100% happy, then, then I would uh, probably not be trying as hard as... or expecting as much as I should for my
1: platform. Okay. So... Yeah. This episode is brought to you by London Academy. London Academy Casablanca is a trilingual smart school that provides an enhanced education through the Moroccan and international English language curriculum. Their innovative educational approach, based on advanced information technology, sports, critical thinking, together with the international experience of their qualified teachers, enables their students to be prepared for the skills needed in the 21st century. London Academy says, we are the future, and these aren't just words painted on a wall. I've seen their students learning to program, building robots, developing problem-solving skills. There's a definite focus on IT and preparing students to succeed in the information age. London Academy, the first smart school in Morocco where learning is serious fun.
0: Now back to the show.
1: Could you share your thoughts a bit on the role of English in starting this business? I mean, you mentioned the local market primarily speaks French, but you've outsourced some of the tech work to India and operated in English there. How do you think you would have struggled if you didn't have English? Because our listeners are all English speakers, mm-hmm. and all our content is produced in English, but they're operating in a primarily French market. So any thoughts on that?
2: Look, I think the more languages you speak, it's always an asset to be able to communicate in an additional language. And, uh, but beyond that, you know, I think nobody can deny the fact that English is the number one international language in which business is done today. Um, so being able to communicate in English with so the role of English in building this business was, was very important, I'd say. You know, be it from communicating with the development team in India, with the partners, with the logistics centers. Uh, I, I even have a small, a very small team in the US at one point who was doing some development work for me that was very specific, and the the, the, the knowledge or the expertise in that particular field didn't exist anywhere else. Um, so yes, I would say you know, without English, I probably wouldn't have been able to do this.
1: But I love, you're right, that the more languages you speak, the better, because you're also operating with people in, in France, yeah. and so they ability able yes. to, to speak fluently yeah. there, yeah.
0: When you think about the competition, who is your competition right now? And how are you organizing your company to uh, defend against competition in the future to essentially make your business defensible, your business model defensible?
2: So my number one competition, I would say essentially, uh, okay, there's always the, the informal sector, but I, I think that's probably a response you get from pretty much any established. Uh, business uh, almost anywhere in the world and then you know informal uh, the informal economy does hurt simply because people don't pay taxes they're not competing on the same on the same playing field Mm -hmm. they don't have the same costs uh, they don't have the same approach to business Uh, so number one would be the informal the informal economy Um, beyond that you know there's always a question not so much in my view of of competition because I see competition as as a necessary thing if I have a competitor who wants to enter this field, it means I've identified an opportunity correctly uh, and I've shown that it can be done. So the day that I have competition coming in, it's gonna be for me a very encouraging sign that you know what, you're on the right track, keep going.
1: And you've got quite a head start with all the technology. I mean, you've put two years into designing this process. You've already negotiated with Amazon. You've begun with other websites. So you've got quite a head start. I think beyond that, is the logistics
2: when i started this business i had no idea of how important logistics was and how difficult it is to get it right and how easy it is to to make mistakes so more than anything else because technology it, it's essentially the application of, of money to a, to a to a problem you know and i think if you've got enough money you will find a technology solution to it uh, logistics for me you know it's 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 more complicated than that it's a combination of knowledge of expertise, uh, and also simply of, of, of time in the business, because the logistics partners that I've worked with are very, very experienced. And they often identify problems that I hadn't even thought could be, could be problems. You know? uh, very simple things like the weight of a pallet, uh, workforce regulations in terms of how much weight an individual can, is allowed to lift in a certain country, which then impacts the manner in which I do the grouping and the palletization of my products the frequency of my shipping even the limits in terms of what i can allow people to buy so that really is the biggest challenge in my view
1: yeah yeah but one of your value propositions is allowing moroccans to purchase international products in local currency talk to us about what might happen if if morocco does float the dirham and there's more free flow <coughs> look i think the
2: the objective eventually is to move towards a, a more liberalized exchange rate. Uh, so I don't see that as a, something that, that, that's going to be in place forever. I think the, you know, the economy is opening up. You know, the, the, the objectives, at least that what's been stated, is to have a much more open and, and, and a much more free uh, theorem. Mm-hmm. So this is not the primary reason for my existence. I mean, it is definitely helping for now. Mm-hmm. It helps me in terms of communication and, and, and customer acquisition as we're talking because it is an advantage for the moment. Beyond that is also the logistics we have talked yeah. about, the ability to have something delivered here. Yeah. The assurance that it's a genuine product. My ability to issue an invoice, especially when we come to, to talk about my uh, corporate clients. Yes. They want an invoice. Issued in a certain format, which allows them to recover their VAT on their purchases. Mm-hmm. All of that are things that I can offer that you know somebody purchasing directly from an international website wouldn't have. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think there's a multitude of advantages. Mm-hmm. Secondly, once you have an, a large range of e-commerce websites on one platform, and you can checkout with one single account from a multitude of platforms as opposed to creating an account saving your credit card on every different platform I mean at some point you start losing track of passwords of where you paid what and the fact that all of that can be centralized in one account
1: I think is a very powerful thing okay so that's the direction it'll go you'll be able to price compare the same item across multiple platforms eventually yes
2: In fact, that that exists already it's in beta mode uh, where we can actually Again, the technology is something that's not fully refined because that requires quite a lot in terms of machine learning and beyond that, if we ever get to that stage, artificial intelligence to be able to correctly identify a product and find exactly the same SKU offered in another country, in another currency, to be able to calculate the shipping costs, the import duties, and then give you a fine, so that is hard.
0: Yes, sounds very complex.
2: But it is something that we're we're working on.
0: Yeah. Is your long-term vision to remain an importing company, essentially bringing the world to Morocco, or does your vision include also uh, e-commerce that originates here in Morocco?
2: Very good question. So there are three different avenues that I'm exploring today in terms of expansion of the business. First was integration of services, okay? And, and I won't go into detail in terms of what particular services, but I believe services are, are definitely uh, very much a value-added and essentially transactions that can be done with, with a lot lower, shall we say, logistics related or physical movement of goods related costs. So service is something that I want to integrate on my platform. The second one is, is, is geographic expansion. I think the concept is one that would hold water in many countries uh, in, in northern Africa and in the rest of Africa. So geographic expansion is something that I'm, I'm very actively looking at either through partnerships with existing logistics companies or, or, or people who are in similar fields that I am, or through uh, direct uh, direct investment in, in in carefully selected markets. The third avenue is is exactly what you said, which is export related. You know, I think there are a huge number of Moroccan companies with fantastic products who unfortunately don't have the scale or the knowledge, or sometimes even the awareness that there is potentially a huge demand for their product in other countries. And I think, you know, e-commerce platform, let me just take Amazon for example, is a fantastic vehicle for somebody to be able to test the potential for their product at a very low cost. You know, so if you were to choose you know, fulfilled, by, fulfilled by Amazon, for example, you ship them you know, 100 or 50 items, put it on the website, promote it, I think the results would be surprising for a lot of the uh, a lot of the products that are produced here. So yes, export is definitely something that I'm I'm going to be looking at in the in the medium term.
0: What types of products are people ordering with Click Apporté? What what have you seen to be the most type, popular type of products?
2: Electronics. Uh, so electronics is a very very popular uh, category, and and by electronics I mean not only the electronic devices themselves, but the accessories related to it, be it you know, a phone, a phone case, um, a wireless headset. Uh, so techno- you know, technology-related products are, are huge. Um, virtual reality stuff, uh, video games, books, especially, especially foreign language books, which uh, you know, maybe the selection is, is slightly less good here. So foreign language books, school books, uh, have, become, have become fairly large. Clothing items, Clothing items are actually increasingly uh, being sought. Initially, those were very, very small. Those have been growing quite rapidly. Uh, shoes, uh, you know, sports shoes, uh, sporting goods. So you know, a certain model of badminton racket or uh, tennis balls or something that you know somebody wants something that may not be available easily here. Musical instruments. So it, the range is enormous. The range is enormous. I mean, you. There are days that you know orders will come and I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really didn't know that existed, but there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, so a lot of our listeners are, are young people, maybe recent graduates of university. Do you have advice that you would give specifically for those looking to be hired? They, they want to start with a, a big company and just be an employee. And then maybe others that are thinking, there's a lot of unemployment, It's competitive to find a job, perhaps I should give entrepreneurship a try. Any advice you would offer these people?
2: Okay, if I would put myself in the shoes of somebody who's going to graduate, the questions I would ask myself were, you know, primarily, what do I want? Do I want a stable 9-to-5 job, which allows me then to do other things that I want to realize in my life? Uh, Is my priority, for example, a sport or something? So I I think the first question really is, what do you want to do with your life? And once you've answered that question, I think the the path becomes a little bit more clear. Entrepreneurship straight out of university is hard because you don't have experience. uh, You don't know necessarily how things work in the real world. You may not have the financial capability to actually invest an idea to start up your own businesses. And from what I've heard most Businesses fail not due to a poor product, it's really cash flow related. You know, getting your payments on time, making sure that you're able to pay your employees or pay your suppliers. Um, so, I'd say, you know, ask yourself very, very serious questions in terms of what you want to do and what resources you have at your disposal to actually do that. Do you have the money, the experience, the ability to bear pain? I mean, I'd say, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know. You, you, you have to, you know, everyone everybody will tell you, work hard, never give up. I mean, th- this is this is the baseline,
0: mm-hmm. okay?
2: you know And I think that that applies also if you're going to go into a nine to five job. You better be working hard or you're, you're gonna be replaced at some point, but right. entrepreneurship, I think, is your, your willingness to take risk, your ability to get up once you get knocked down, and you're gonna get knocked down a hundred times, mm-hmm. and your ability to take the pain when you are really sometimes asking yourself, what the hell is wrong with me? Why the hell did I do that? You know, how long can you take that pain? And if you can take that pain and you're willing to keep taking it for an extended period of time, then you, know, you have a good chance in entrepreneurship. If not, don't start.
0: So to sum up, um, go to the Google Play Store, the App Store, the Apple App Store, to search Click Apporte. C-L-I-C-K-A-P-P-O-R-T-E-R. That's it. To download the app and to buy your products uh, from e-commerce stores in Europe or in the United States. Exactly.
2: Thank you very much, and I, I hope to see you all on, uh, on my platform. Give us a call if there's anything we can do.
1: Thanks so much for your time. I you. really appreciate your advice and input. And, and all the best uh, as ClickUpOrte continues to grow. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimone. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.